Welcome to the Build Business Acumen Podcast, where we deliver practical knowledge and powerful guidance. Here is your futuristic host, Nathaniel Schooler. So today I'm interviewing John Bostock, and he co-founded a direct-to-consumer cleaning company called Truman's, aiming to append the staid cleaning industry with conveniently delivered, easy-to-use products that replace single-use plastic bottles. John brings leadership experience from nearly a decade at General Electric, followed by his time shepherding the $500 million US dollar sale of big-ass fans in late 2017. And he shares some great insight here. Let's dig into the interview. Well, it's great to meet you, John, and I'm quite interested in learning a bit more about you. Brian Eisenberg speaks very highly of you. You know, Brian is a brilliant guy, and I'm, I'm super honored and humbled that, that Brian uh, says nice things about me. I love his book, Be Like Amazon. I've learned a lot from it. When you look at the businesses that I've either run or now uh, created, a lot of the principles that are in the book, you find them in in everything we do. One of the things I love is this idea that you've got to be close to the customer and it's all about authentic relationships within that customer experience. And so, um, you know, humbled by what Brian says and super excited to meet you and looking forward to the conversation. Likewise. So today I think, I think we should just, you know, we're going to talk about customer service and retention. There's me. I'm having to check over there because I've got so many things going on in my brain right now. My brain is a bit like this library, you know, it's a bit <laughs> sort of, you know, it's it's organized, but it's but it needs a bit of work, yeah. So and I know you've read every single one of those books, oh, yeah. and, and I can't wait to ask specific <laughs> questions about what's on specific uh, pages of, of those books. I've actually got be like Amazon. I've, I actually have got that somewhere. It's brilliant. Yeah, I remember when um, I remember when he was just about to release it, and he and he gave me the copy that's like before. So my title is different. It's not like the real title, yeah. So like I've got a different title because he right. changed it slightly when, when, he, right. when he launched. But it, the stories in there uh, about customer service are just absolutely brilliant. So why should people listen to you, John? You know, look, I, I think what I've learned throughout my career, and which, by the way, I started in a big company that was very far removed from the customer. And I think when you go through experiences like that, when you work in a big conglomerate that sells through distributors and relies on others to tell your story, and then you go to an environment, which I had the, the chance to do, that actually is very close to the customer. So I went from a big conglomerate to a company that sells direct to businesses all over the world, direct to consumers all over the world. And what I saw was an exceptional relationship with the customer, an extraordinary, extraordinary value that's created when you're closer to the customer, not only do you get quicker feedback and you get the ability to really bond with that customer, but when you establish the lifetime value of an authentic relationship, it truly does help with brand building, it helps with new product development, it helps with everything you do. Now, what I would say is just being direct doesn't mean you're automatically customer-centric. It's a philosophy. And so for me, I, I, I feel as though I've learned about that philosophy, but the number one thing that drives everything I do, and especially with my new startup, Truman's, which is based in the United States and it's at Truman's.com, but it's this idea that people are people 
And you have to treat them like people. Even if you're a company, you have to treat an individual as though they're a living, breathing human being. And that works for business to business and business to consumer. And so, you know, if you look at what we do today, we interact with customers on a daily basis and we treat them as though we would treat everyone in the world. If they ask us a question, we're going to answer it in an authentic way. And ultimately, I think we as people want to interact with businesses and organizations that connect with you. And so for me, I think what, what I do different is that I understand that people are real and I understand that companies need to be real and authentic and you drive that as part of the strategy. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in retail, so I kind of, I was, I used to work in a wine merchants back in the day. Like uh, I studied wine at college and my dad had, had a winery and this kind of stuff. And what you were in particular, you were saying about writing handwritten notes and that really resonated with me because it reminds me of the day I was in the, I, was, I used to work in the shop on occasion at the winery. So I'd give people tastings of liqueurs and we, we used to sell something called mead, honey wine, right? Which is, which yeah. is, because everyone at school in, in, in the States read a book called Beowulf, you see, apparently, according to my dad. I mean, probably they don't read that book anymore, <laughs> but like in Beowulf, they had this, they had this uh, mead hall which was a big room where everyone used to drink mead and kind of pass out, you know, back in the day, you know, a thousand, two thousand years ago. But in the shop, I remember this chap coming in and he was buying some presents for his, for his customers and his friends and this kind of stuff. And, and he said, Oh, just put a compliment slip in there. Yeah. And he didn't even like, he brought his own compliment slips with him, but he didn't even write on the compliment slip. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, what are you doing? Like, I'm going to go to all this trouble. I'm going to wrap up this bottle of booze here and I'm going to put it into this bag, right, with a with a little leaflet and everything. And you're not going to write in your own hand. Yeah. Saying thank you very much for your custom. What? Like, is that like some kind of insanity or something? I'm just. Yeah. uh, You know, (laughs) I I think personal touch is important, but. I also think about customer communication and the need to communicate with people in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. I think one part of it is speed. And there are certainly individuals who need to get feedback instantly. And if you look at our communication strategy, it extends all the way to very human personal touches. Um, so for example, I drew some cartoons on our boxes the other day. I wrote, thank you, drew a cartoon and signed my name on several of the boxes that went out. And I'm genuinely curious to see if I ever find out which customer received it. That's one side of personal attention, a handwritten note, a thank you. And that's, that's a true inspiration. I, I was walking through the factory yesterday, saw the boxes and felt compelled to do that. And that was authentic. I think the other, the other side of communication, which is just as important, is speed and yeah. the ability to interact with a customer online. What we've noticed is, so we have an online chat. And when you think about what we do, so Truman's.com has cleaning products. We sell cleaning products direct to consumers. We happen to do it in a very unique way that's built for e-commerce, that's very sustainable. We're disrupting the supply chain. But what's amazing about it is even in a category that is a low price point category that's somewhat unemotional in the past, there still are questions that happen in real time. You know, we take thousands of chat inquiries every week our average response time is 30 seconds. And by the way, we're not just answering questions in a way that is 
that is 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 giving them the, the information they're looking for, we're answering questions in a way that connects with them. And so when they bring up something, we, we oftentimes deliver a cleaning pun. And I think that's one of Brian Eisenberg, who we talked about, his favorite part of the company is the humor that comes along with it. And so for us, we see communication as a very, very critical part. We see the connection with the customer as, as super important. And I agree with you. The idea of handwriting something is important, but equally as important is the idea to provide people the information they need as fast as possible so that they can make a decision. We're actually launching text in, in May, and text will give us the ability to allow for customers to text us. And they can order through text, they can ask questions through text, but what we're doing is we're saying, what is the way people wanna communicate? What is the easiest way to interact with them? And we're building that as a capability. I really agree with you. I think handwritten notes are best for saying thank you mm. because we don't do that enough. You know, and I'm, I'm appreciative of the time that we spend together on, on, a, on a discussion like this. But frankly, when someone emails me even a suggestion, I write a personal note back. It may sometimes have to be through email because I don't have the, the time to write them, but the personal attention that we give is critical. And I think it's important for everyone to show their appreciation and give back. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I think that personal touch, it means a lot. I mean, people used to go into the winery just to see my dad, you know, they used to, yeah. because, I mean, he's, he's from, he's from the States. He's actually from, um, from Long Island, New York. Uh, and his dad used to have like a factory over there. They used to make like yeah. partition walling and stuff like back in the day, you know, and, some of the stories that he's telling me about like the old days, it's like, seriously, man, it's like, <laughs> I can't talk about it. I've been sworn to secrecy. Yeah. But like, you're talking like, you know, sort of dodgy government officials trying to extort money from, from him and like how he dealt with that. And like, just some really cool things. Cause he's like 80, 86. Yeah. So you say cool. I would say that's messy. I would it say those wasn't, are really it wasn't, it turned out really like a cool story. I'll tell you afterwards. And if anyone wants to hear it, I'll tell them, but I wouldn't, but if my dad hears, I've been telling anyone that like, he'd just kill me. Yeah. Like, I'll be in big that's, that's fantastic. It's a, <laughs> that's a messy story. See, we always use the pun. We say that sounds messy, but we're here to clean it up. So oh, it was clean. It was cleaned up like real <laughs> style. Like, <laughs> yeah, there was, put it this way. There was a guy with a really clean house along the street. Yeah. And no one ever messed with this guy's house or his car or his walls or anything. And like, he kind of fixed this little problem. <laughs> Well, look, you know, here, here's what I would say. I, I, I think it is so important. Um, it is so important to create stories with customers. You know, I, I actually had an amazing uh, story that, that I'd love to share. I was interacting with a customer on Twitter, and I take time to personally respond to every single message that's sent my way on Twitter. It takes up a ton of time, but I think it's super important. You know, there are a lot of haters that live on Twitter, but there are also people who give you great feedback. There was a customer who actually gave a great suggestion. And the suggestion was about a, about a product that we don't have, the way the product is put together. Um, I actually asked her to send a message to our company, knowing that I would be the one to reply to her. And so I took her email address and I, I actually had a great discussion with her. We ultimately sent, sent, sent her a free product. Cool. Um, and that's an example of, you know, that's a story that I'm gonna be able to share for a while, not because I did it to create a story, but because we didn't have the product that she wants, but we were able to get it to her because we had the ability to put it together in a way that made sense for her. And so, you know, I think what comes out of that and what I'm sure comes out of those stories that your dad talks about 
is a time when business could adjust, when business could make different things for different customers. You know, we've gotten into a phase where big business ultimately blocks us from the ability to serve the customer. Either we have it sitting on the retail shelf and we can't give them what they really want, or we've got it a certain way. But the reality is when you look at those stories that you're telling about your dad and his business, when you boil it all down, what you get to is amazing interactions with customers, changing things around, moving things around to make it work. And those are the values that we're actually trying to bring to Truman's. What we're trying to do is obviously disrupt the industry, obviously get the industry to rethink the way the supply chain works, but we're looking to create those amazing experiences with people because we know that's the foundation for creating an amazing business that you're talking about for years to come. And look, we're talking about your dad's business that now is, is, is you know, it's been a while since that business was doing those things, those messy things that you talk about. So that, that's the heart and soul of what we're trying to do. Yeah, it's a people-orientated business, isn't it? That's I right. mean, it's, it's quite interesting, really, to sort of do that. I mean, I just, I, I think at some stage, your Twitter account's going to become completely out of control. You're never going to be able to manage that. So you're going to need to get some help with that, I think. No, but, I, no. Really? It, you think you're going to carry would, on doing that? What if you've got like 10,000 tweets to respond to or something? Well, first of all, look, here's the, here's the thing. I will never have, I will never allow someone else to write my messages. All right. If it, it may take me an hour longer or it may take me a little longer, but it's going to be me responding. Okay. Uh, that, that's the whole purpose of it. And so, cool. you know, if it, gets, if it gets to a point that it, it takes a little bit more time, I actually replied to someone recently and said, hey, I was dropping my kids off at school. I'm sorry I didn't reply faster. Um, so life works. I want them to know I'm a real human being. And um, I, I do think that, you know, that's going to remain something that, that, you know, is, is, is my personal touch with, cool. with, with customers. And I'm going to continue to draw in boxes. I'm going to continue to, to write notes and put them in boxes. Maybe not every single box, but, yeah. um, you know, do it because I'm appreciative of that. And, um, you know, I've, I've actually personally spent time on our chat function online. I think I learn a tremendous amount from it. At the same point, I think consumers can hear, you know, directly from someone who has a vested interest in the company and obviously wants to see succeed over the next 50 years. So, you know, we're committed to this. This isn't like a, a stunt that we're doing uh, within the first week. I mean, I, I think I think authenticity and customer centricity is something that you build a company on and then you figure out how to scale within that format. I think to your point, per, me personally as an individual, scaling with Twitter may become challenging. But what I'm saying is we're going to scale as it exists the time frame may extend, but it's always going to remain the the authentic approach. That's cool. That's really cool. I mean, I know someone that's that's built a, a lot of uh, PR using his Twitter account, and he's and he's he sits there at traffic lights. You know, he's I think he's in he's in uh, Palm Springs now, but like he does like he's got like uh, the 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 most widely visited web show in the world, over four and a half listeners a week. Yeah, it's insane, absolutely insane, and. Yeah, it's insane, and 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 he he's just a cele- it's a celebrity kind of show that he does basically. But he sits there, he tweets all the time, like all day long. And he, what he does is he picks twenty people a day, and he sends them a, a, a public message, and he says, "Hey, have have a good day," and you know, blah blah blah, and everything else. And I'm like, 
it's crazy. And I'm like, dude, you need to get some software like that make that easier for you because you can get you can get yeah, but you can get some amazing software. I mean, I used to be a bit of a Twitter ninja. I'm not I'm not that amazing on Twitter anymore. But I used <laughs> no, I used to give me some advice. I used to be really hot on Twitter, and and there's a tool there's a tool that uh, that I'll I'll tell you what it is after no problem and. It, it literally it makes your life on Twitter a lot easier, but you need to use it from your desktop computer, yeah. And if you want to yeah. reach out to like specific people on there, it makes it makes it makes you work out, you know, better who you want to who you want to target and like why you want to sort of mention them instead of other people. So it gives you a lot more choices, you know. And I think yeah, I, I'll tell you any 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 tool that allows us to grow. And, and, and able to facilitate the dialogue we're interested in. I, I, I absolutely love getting feedback and um, it, it, is, it is extraordinary. I think what you learn and what you see and new products come out of it, new ideas come out of it. Um, you know, sometimes the, the criticism is hard and, oh, yeah. and you have to, to deal with that, but that, that's, that's, part of, that's part of the experience. I mean, if, if, if I didn't wanna see the negative, I wouldn't sign on to our online chat and our computer. You know, any, anything you do, there's good and there's bad. What, what we look at, what we're doing is a first step. We know that no company can be perfect. We know that no company can serve all, but ultimately what you do is, is you try to do the best you can. You try to do good for the planet. You try to do good for customers. And ultimately I try to be human about it and authentic about it and tell them uh, sometimes when it doesn't work for them or tell them sometimes when you really appreciate what they do and you really appreciate them being a part of your company. Yeah, I think I think learning from the customer, like the questions that they're asking and compiling a list of all of those, the data that you can you can put together and actually understand, you know, however many people a month ask for a certain type of product or they ask for a certain, you know, I don't know, like a, a lemon smelling hand wash or something. It, it doesn't matter what it is, does it? And the point is, is that they're asking for it, right? And if, if, if you can, if you can provide that, then you're going to be laughing, aren't you, John? I think, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of really, really quite key to, uh, to all of this sort of stuff. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, I, I think the feedback loop is critical, um, but also just the emotional side of it and seeing where people struggle, seeing where people get confused. It's, not only ideas, but it's making something better. It's making something easier. And so that, that constant loop of feedback and, uh, and innovation is, is important. You know, we, we want to lead the charge and we want to shift the way the industry thinks. And when you do that, when you have a big mission like that, we're, we're not doing this to simply make a few bucks and say we've built a company. We're doing this to shift the way the industry works. And when I say shift, what I mean is, in the United States, there are $30 billion worth of products sold every year that's ready-to-use product. What I mean by ready-to-use is you buy a spray bottle of cleaner that is 98% water. So think about the large manufacturing facilities that are needed to facilitate that. Think about the amount of trucks needed, the diesel trucks on the road to facilitate that. Think about the number of warehouses, distribution centers. Consider that it takes 31 trucks to move the equivalent of one truck of concentrate. Uh -huh. So what is a concentrate? A concentrate is just the solution in the cleaner. So when you're buying a cleaner that's 98% water, 
we ask the fundamental question is why? Why are companies shipping water when the consumer wants convenience? Here's what the consumer wants. Consumers want great products, very, very convenient at an affordable price. They want to buy those products in a very, very convenient manner. What we're seeing that translate to is e-commerce. The amount of e-commerce business today is moving faster than it ever will. It's going to continue to move faster and faster and faster. There will never be a time that moves this slow. So we're building a product that is environmentally friendly and that we only ship the concentrates. So now you take away all those manufacturing facilities, you take away the distribution centers, you take away the warehouses, you take 30 trucks off the road, and you have one that brings it from our factory to the consumer. So we're rethinking it. And part of that rethinking it makes a much more sustainable environment, much more sustainable ecosystem of a company. But to make that shift against billion dollar businesses, businesses that go through the same process, sell billion, billions and billions of dollars of product to retailers who put it on their shelf and sell billions of dollars of products, do the same thing every year, what you need is a movement. And so part of why we're so maniacal about this customer experience and so maniacal about the feedback loop is because if you're not listening, you can't get people to join you. You can't get people to join you on the fight to actually clean up the mess that ironically big cleaning has made. And so we're really trying to shift the industry. For us, what success looks like is less about our own company. What for us success looks like is the entire industry in the U.S. converting to concentrates. And the reason why I say the U.S. is because I know the rest of the world, a lot of concentrates are being used. Now, we have a huge following in the U.K. right now on our company, and we know that many people have asked for us to bring Truman's to the U.K., and it's something we're actually looking at doing. Cool. But here's what I would tell you. Here's what I would tell you, that we need to solve a fundamental issue in the U.S. and prove that it's scalable, that we can take on the big companies and make it work. We've set the company up to do that. And so that's why it's so critical for us to get people behind what we do. And that's why it's so important for us to connect with them and explain to them on a one-to-one -one basis why it's so important for them to make the decision to buy our product. It makes a massive, massive difference and so much sense really as well. If you, you know, I mean, we, as a country, I've noticed probably, I think about maybe 10 years ago, maybe 15, we started having a lot more concentrated kind of product, yeah? Like, you know, more concentrate sort of orange juices and, you know, squash and these kind of, these kind right, of products, right, right. right? But like the environmental ticket needs to be played more, yeah? And I think I can't wait for this to actually happen in the beauty industry, yeah? Because the amount of junk that people buy in the beauty industry, right, that is so not needed, yeah? It's just a piece of branding, right? You buy all this stuff, you actually don't even need it, yeah? Like, you really don't need it. Yeah, it, it that's right. There, yeah. there are a lot of categories. I, I think what, what we need to do as entrepreneurs, as innovators, as citizens of, of the planet, we ultimately have to start making better buying decisions and we need to look at how those, those products are manufactured, number one, and number two, how they actually get to your home. And the example I used obviously is a, is a clear dysfunction in, in the category. One of the categories, and, and we're, my company is not in this category, okay. but one category that really bothers me is windshield washer fluid. 
And the reason why it bothers me is because you've got these massive jugs that are put in gas stations and someone drives their car to a gas station. They fill their reservoir with a big jug of windshield washer fluid and then they throw that big plastic jug away at the gas station with a 100% probability that that jug is going to end up in a landfill. So think about the insanity of that process. And that's not something we're solving. I hope someone who is listening to this is inspired to take technology that is out there. There are companies that are selling the little pellets that you drop into your windshield washer tank and you simply add water. So there are companies solving this. The problem is that they're not telling the story in the right way. And so that is a category that maybe one day Truman's, my company, will be able to disrupt. But that's an example of a category that is sitting in front of us that makes absolutely no sense. And we as consumers need to make better decisions. And so you can go through almost every single category. I would say start with categories that are more than 98% water or more than even 90% water. Immediately, those categories should be shifted to concentrate. We should never be putting extra trucks on the road. We should never be putting extra warehouses in the market. And by the way, the previous company that I ran was a company that sold big industrial fans in warehouses and distribution centers. And the reason why we sold those big fans is because heating and cooling those facilities and the energy drain of those facilities is terrible for the planet. And so the value proposition of the big fan was that we could reduce energy costs, reduce the burden on the environment. But the bottom line is if you go to concentrates, you don't need those warehouses. You don't need distribution centers. We need to make smarter decisions as companies and consumers to reduce what we buy. Once we're reducing it in concentrate form, then we can look at more sustainable materials. Then we can look at loop processes where it's easier to get it back and reuse that product. But we are focused on the wrong thing. For companies to stand up and say that they're offering you a non-toxic cleaner with an ocean a grade plastic bottle. So they'll say, well, we recycled plastic from the ocean and we made this plastic bottle and it's non-toxic cleaner. Therefore, we're doing our part. You're not. Because if you use concentrate, the supply chain would be 75% less burdensome on the environment. And so these are the types of things that we need to get out there so people understand and can make good decisions about. Wow. So, so, your products are totally direct to consumer. They're not in Whole Foods or, or anywhere else, right? They're just direct. Yeah. So to put a finer point on that, we want to establish direct relationships with our customers because it's important from a customer experience perspective. But we go from our factory to individuals' home. Okay. So when you think about the reduction in supply chain, when you think about retail, what retail requires are additional trucks, distribution centers, warehouses, sitting on a retail environment that takes up a lot of energy, that takes up a lot of resources. We take all of that out. Now, with the savings that we get from that, we're actually passing a much better product to the consumer. And so while we're priced in parity with products in the marketplace, so if you look at commoditized product, that's where we're priced. But what we're giving is an ultra premium, non-toxic product. Now, here's why that's important. Because most non-toxic biodegradable products on the marketplace are priced really high. And they're priced really high because of the supply chain and because of the cost of the formula. But my theory and our thesis is built around that actually prevents people from buying it. That makes it less accessible to the masses. 
And so what we've done is we've said, let's reduce the supply chain. Let's give people a non-toxic formula that actually works because what most companies get criticized for is products that don't work. So the reason why people don't buy green cleaners is because they don't work. So we're giving you a great, the best formula in the world in non-toxic cleaning priced in a commoditized manner direct to consumer. And so that's how we're doing it. That's how we're building the business. You know, right now we're offering it as bulk. So when you look at the United States and you think about bulk buys like Costco, as an example, where you buy in bulk, that's the philosophy we sell in, in packs of four. And we do that in order to make the model work. The other important message of that is we don't want to ship you one refill at a time. We do not want the mailman showing up at your door every single day of the week. And so we're telling a story around being smarter about it. And frankly, if we were sitting on the retail shelf, you would never hear the story. But the fact that we respond to you on Twitter, the fact that we have people on online chat, that helps the message get across and ultimately helps the consumer understand what they're buying. That makes a lot of sense. And that is the essence of getting the customers, servicing the customers and retaining the customers. Because you're you're understanding their problems, aren't you? You are understanding the bigger environmental corporate social responsibility because that's in essence what we're talking around here aren't we we're talking around doing the best thing that you can for the environment you know that couldn't be any better could it at the end of the day yeah, i mean ultimately we don't want to create companies that the top one percent can benefit from and that's doing good for the environment so we don't want to price ourselves out of sustainability what we're doing is making sustainability accessible and we see it as a first step. We know we're not perfect. We know we have a lot of things to do to make the company even more sustainable, but we have to take this first step. And so that's why it's so critical for us to have that direct connection and for people to understand how they can contribute, how they can be involved. And hopefully they buy other products that follow the same theory on how to, how to, how to do good for the planet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a massive, massive thing right now. And like, especially with that girl from Sweden who stood up and like, she did this Ted talk. I don't know if you saw it, but she, she, she stood up and basically she's 15 years old and right, she, right. she stood up and talked about, you know, the environment and how like Sweden are green and, 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 and they're recycling everything yeah. and no one else is listening. And did you see it? Yes. And I think that those are the battle cries we need. Yeah. You know, things like that, people to stand up. I think that's what we need. We need more people to do it. We need more people to ask why. I think if we can inspire a younger generation to ask why certain things are the way they are and not just rely on the status quo, this is going to be a much better place. And I think that when people criticize environmental action as either being far left or being some... Uh, crazy idea. What I can tell you is that you can build sustainable businesses that work extraordinarily well for the consumer. I can argue all day long that when people make a plea for the environment, that there is a way to find a very profitable path and very sustainable path to making sure that it works. And so I applaud people who stand up and really get the message out there. I try to educate, I've got an eight-year-old and a three-year-old, I try to educate them to make better decisions and to walk through the retail environment and, and ask why certain products are the way they are. You know, this is, this is a very fragile ecosystem. This is a very fragile economy. 
and we just simply need to make better decisions. I can't imagine any CEO, whether you subscribe to the belief of, 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 of the economy as being, should be front and center, to say that it would make more sense to have 31 trucks on the road versus one. I, I, in, in, no, in no world does, does anyone think that the math makes sense that 31 trucks, 31 diesel trucks should move product, whether you're an environmentalist or not. You, yeah. you can do math and figure out that that is more expensive. Oh, yeah. Well, also the storage as well of the product. And I, and I see exactly why you're not going to the UK with this. You need to get a factory here. It's a completely pointless, ridiculous solution to launch this anywhere else apart from the States until you have a factory that covers the, 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 the area, right? I mean, what's the, what's the point of shipping it halfway across the world you right. just build a factory and make it over here, right? And you do the same in Canada, the same in Mexico. I, I, I fully so I had a I had a, a meeting yesterday uh, with uh, uh, we do have a strategic investor who works with us, and I'm fully convinced based on what you just said that you had bugged my meeting uh, because we spent an hour <laughs> talking specifically about the UK, uh, and so hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, Hopefully that bug is taken out of the room uh, by the time uh, we launch. <laughs> but it's a no-brainer, isn't it? It's like the it's a lot like the million-dollar shave club. What was it? The one-dollar shave club, right? It's a, it's a similar. It's just a similar process, isn't it? It's just like yeah, you know. I, I think so. You know, I, I think that the difference. I think the difference is that when you look at shaving as a category, uh, it's it, it's the the theory there is it makes it a little bit easier because you can get it delivered to your home and you, and yeah. you need it more frequently. Obviously, for someone like me, I don't shave as much, but you know, for us, I think the difference is that if you look at the cleaning category, that's growing eight percent a year. E-commerce is growing fifty percent a year. What people want is to get the product to their home, but the category isn't built for e-commerce. Whereas I think Gillette, had they had the foresight, they could have easily started shipping to customers direct when the trend existed. The, the main difference that we're dealing with is if you try to ship a bottle of ready-to-use product, it's expensive for the consumer. It breaks, it leaks. In fact, we, we look at hundreds and hundreds of reviews every single day about consumers complaining that it broke. You know, when you ship 98% water, there's a high probability that it's going to break in route. So um, I think that the difference between what we're trying to do and Dollar Shave Club or Harry's as an example is they're simply taking a category that exists, they're keeping it the same, but they're saying now you can buy it online. For us, we're saying there's a better way of doing it. There's a better way of creating the entire program. Um, and, and, and by the way, we're making it as efficient and giving you as much value as possible as a consumer because we're giving you a ultra, ultra high-end quality product at, at a lower price. I mean, it's almost the equivalent of like, imagine if Tesla, and I know they're trying to do this with their new model, but if they said it's 20,000 bucks, have at it, right? I mean, that's kind of the strategy of saying, we want to make this successful because we believe in electric vehicles. So we're going to take Tesla. It's a twenty thousand dollars car. Go at it. But it was still that luxury feel. You know, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a, a kind of a um, a lesser version of what we know today. It's very cool what you guys are doing. Very cool. So well, thank you. So in terms of the customer service, right? That yeah. is. So at the moment, you're delivering through the mailman. Yeah. Is that is that yes. fair to say? So the customer yeah. service really just exists within 
your website and your people, right? The mailman is just someone who delivers and the customer service is you guys listening to what people want. And that's why you're retaining the customer because you're giving them what they want. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, ultimately the, the, the individual delivering that package does play an important part uh, in, in our company. And obviously we want that package to arrive in, in very good, in very good condition. Um, but ultimately you're right. We're not a shadowy cloud.com company in the sky that has no human behind it. If you go to our site, you can live chat with someone. It's, it's, right now only available from about 8 a.m. East Coast U.S. to about uh, 10 p.m. Uh, East Coast U.S. But hopefully one day it's, it's 24-7. That's one way of, of talking to us. But as I said, you know, I, I'm active on Twitter. I answer hundreds of, of questions every single day. Um, we're active on LinkedIn. We answer direct questions every single day. Facebook, Instagram as well. Um, it may not be me personally on those platforms. As I mentioned, Twitter is, is really the only platform that I personally respond to. Sometimes I get on chat, but that's less frequent. So we, we are uh, surrounding the customer with the ability to communicate with us in the way that, that best works for them. Um, but also within customer centricity, if there are any issues, we're in a position that we can solve it extraordinarily fast. And that's something that we're, we're never going to allow to uh, to fade in our company. We, we really believe that if we've confused the customer, as an example, we'll instantly make it right. Um, because even if the customer is confused, that's not on them. Um, we, did, we did something that, that obviously uh, was not communicated well. And, and so we take care of things instantly. And those types of, those types of communication methods allow you to do that in a, in a really efficient and meaningful way. It's very cool what you're doing. Very cool. So what, what exact products are we sort of talking about here? Like, just because I don't know. Like, you don't know. No, because I only, literally, I, I, this is the first time I've spoken to you. And, and yeah, I should have had a look. I had a brief look at the website. And I was like, oh, that's a nice looking site. And I, and I think I got distracted and like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on, John. I mean, it's the real world here, right? And I love it. I love know, it. I'll be honest, yeah. Like we are all under the clock, yeah. We've got a, we've got a clock, right? And 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 we're like, and it's ticking, and the pressure is on, right? And you've got to do all these things, haven't you? You got all these things and this this massive long list of stuff that you've got to take care of, yeah. So so yeah. So yeah. what what yeah. what are the what are the products, John? Come on, give me give me the goods. First of all, I love, I love, I love the honesty. I, I believe that honesty is the best. And so, um, and, and I'll admit that I haven't read any of the books behind you in, in that library. So, full disclosure. Um, so look, that's the other piece of the company. When you think about transparency, when you think about sustainability, clarity of message to consumers, Cleaning is a messy category, not only on the supply chain side, but it's extraordinarily cluttered 
as it relates to the way big clean brands position their products. What they've done to try to improve margin is they create specialty cleaners for every single category. So if you've got a stainless steel appliance, they make you believe that you need a specialty cleaner for that. If you have granite countertops, they, they, they want to make you believe you need a special cleaner for that and wood okay. floors and the list goes on and on. What we say fundamentally is you only need four cleaners for your entire home. What we've observed is there are four formulas that are specifically designed for your home. There's a kitchen type formula. And effectively what that means is it's a formula with a degreasing agent in it. We're non-toxic biodegradable, but that's really designed for kitchen environments. Um, we have whimsical names for all of our products, approachable. So that's called everything in the kitchen sink. The everything in the kitchen sink product truly does that. It works on appliances. It works on every, virtually every countertype. It works on anything that you see in the kitchen. We have a floor cleaner that works on virtually all types of floors. It's called Floors Truly. We have more <laughs> shower to do, uh, which works in your bathroom and is, is just a phenomenal daily cleaner. Um, I, I personally use it every single day. I've been using it uh, for well over a year and, and absolutely love it. Um, and then we have the glass is always cleaner, which is kind of a ubiquitous cleaner that works on electric devices um, as well as glass. And so, you know, what, what we're also educating around is this idea that you do not need a cupboard of 50 cleaners. You can simply have four and you don't need to store jugs and jugs and jugs of chemicals in your home when you can just have these little refills in your kitchen drawer. And so we're really telling a story around simplicity, taking the clutter out of cleaning, taking the confusion out of the category, only simply using four products. They happen to be non-toxic and biodegradable. Um, and, and, and that's kind of how we built the company. And that's what we do. It's all about transparency and simplicity. And look, could we have charged more for a specialty stainless steel cleaner? Absolutely. So we, our products, just to give you an example, our products are $3.75 for a 27-ounce product. A specialty cleaner, a stainless steel specialty cleaner, trades at around $9 for 27 ounces. So from a business perspective, we would make a lot more money if we propagated the idea of specialty cleaners are needed. So the idea that you need a stainless steel cleaner, you need a, 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 a special cleaner for granite because you can make a lot more money. But instead, what we chose is to effectively be more transparent to be honest with consumers, to have a discussion around, here's what you really need, and we're gonna give you the dirty secret. The dirty secret is you only need four products. The dirty secret is that non-toxic products actually work, and the other dirty secret is you're being overcharged because they're shipping water, and you're actually hurting the planet while you're doing it. And so that's part of uh, what we do. I love it, I think it's brilliant. The, 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 just the sheer honesty of it all, is just it's just brilliant i can't i think it's fantastic and launching in the in in the uk is a great idea you know and, and well parts we, of look, Europe, I, so in the first so in the first week so when we first launched the company um we had visitors from 120 different countries all via word of mouth all organic i would say the number one customer service inquiry that came in that first week by far i i I don't know the exact number, but let's call it 30% was from individuals in the UK asking for the product to be in the UK. <laughs> so we know, we know that, and, and by the way, our, our standard reply is the US is a lot messier than we thought. And so <laughs> once, we, once we clean up the US, we're, we're going to go clean up the UK. Um, but 
you know, and, and, and we get some hilarious responses back because I'll tell you what, people in the UK have a phenomenal sense of humor. And I think our brand, I, I just can't wait to introduce our brand over there because when you do go to our site, you'll see we love humor and we let our personalities come through. But yeah, I mean, it's about, uh, I want to say about 30% of the inbound that, that kind of, that first week was please come to the UK and it's continued every single day. We average about 30 to 40 unique countries all through word of mouth. Um, and UK is constantly, um, up there. Um, obviously, you know, with people like you with origins, um, um, so deep and, and, you know, the, the lineage that goes back, um, and, and the royalty that is, is <laughs> that's uh, why my dad moved here. <laughs> he, he ran away from America. <laughs> It was like 50 years ago or something like, yeah, like 50 years. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, look, I, I think, um, you know, I think, you know, it's, 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 it's an important market and I think it's a market that really, that really understands the need to think, to think differently about products. Well, I think consumers are, are actually sick of, of, of having the wool pulled over their eyes, aren't they? They've, they've had enough of just just not knowing you know they like they really want to know yeah like what goes into things traceability you know all these things that used to be like hippie terms they were That's like right. you know it was like some smelly guy with like long hair you know that didn't have a job who used to moan about all yeah, sorts right. of you know all sorts of things but now it's kind of it's totally changed now and it's and it's really mainstream it's mainstream because people are understanding yeah, I mean, more aren't they yeah, there's no pride in spraying a toxic cleaner and not being able to breathe. I, I don't know anyone who thinks that that's being tough for, or, or, you know, it, 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 it's, I think we're just, we're much smarter as, as consumers. You know, I think we, we are asking the right questions. I think food system is another category we need to ask a lot of questions about. Um, so look, you know, it's, um, I, I, I love it. I love everything about it. And I, I am so appreciative of, of people like you who take the time to help uh, people like me tell the story. And I think that, you know, not only is it about storytelling and about making sure that people understand how they as individuals can make a difference, but it's also reminding people that when you work with anyone, whether it's when you're walking in the tube or when you're uh, going to uh, a dinner, when you interact with people, they're humans and they're having a tough day or they're going through something in their life and you need to understand that people are just people. And so when you're running a company, when you're interacting with a business, remember there's a human on the other side. And so our goal should really be to create much better human connections, create much better products for people, for real people who actually use them. And so that's kind of what we're here to do. And, and, and so I'm super appreciative of, of you kind of supporting this and uh, helping us um, spread the word. That's well, going to be great, you know. This should get in front of a lot of people. So how so? How do people uh, check out your website? Yeah, so so we're on trumans.com, T-R-U-N-A-N-S.com. So trumans.com is where you learn all about us, and we've got great information on there. You can read all about the products. I invite people to read every bit of it because there's some really funny lines and some of the lines are buried and you actually have to find them. And we did that intentionally. Cool. Um, so my uh, co-founder and chief marketing officer loves to kind of hide really funny things within sites. And so um, I invite people to, to check that out, but 
yeah, trumans.com. And then, you know, you can, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and really stay connected. You know, we're, we're going to be out talking a lot um, this year about supply chain. So we'll be in different cities. Um, in fact, on, on April 22nd, um, we're going to be out uh, sharing a great story um, with another brand on Earth Day. Um, and that brand uh, is, is doing a lot to support U.S. manufacturing. And so we're partnering with them. So we're going to be uh, uh, visible. We're going to be uh, hopefully out in front meeting a lot of people in person. And, um, but we would love any support and staying connected at Trumans.com. Very cool. Well, thank you. It's been, it's been really interesting. Yeah, thanks so much. I love it. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe and wherever you prefer, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed the show, drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.